Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast. We're so glad you're here. If you've been here before, wonderful. If you're new, uh, we hope you love it. And God is really doing some incredible things with this weekly show and the whole movement, which we really feel called to have an impact Mm -hmm. on one million legacies. We call it the one million legacy movement. That's right. (laughs) And it's exciting to hear back from you guys. So thank you. Thank you for all your comments. Um, Even those ratings, those little five-star taps. You just tap it. Super encouraging because you're part of it, right? Like that's how we actually get the word out. Um, As you guys know, Isaac and I went into ministry together in January to start this podcast along with the Parenting Mentor Program. It's already over 200,000 downloads, 300 parents through the program so far. And 100% 100% of them love it. It is so good. Yeah. And that is not to our glory. It's to no. God's glory it is the biblical Praise parenting God. model yeah. we've seen fruit from for the last 18 years. And so 19 years, I guess. No. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's interesting how your kids get older. <laughs> <laughs> and we're up. Uh, some exciting news about us is we're about to have our 20 year anniversary. Being married. September 19th. Yes. 9-19-99. Boom. We hit all the nines. Did you plan that? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Today, we're talking about four keys to thriving during transitions. Okay. Well, and we thought that this would be really um, a good opportunity to talk about this topic yeah. because we are personally going through transitions now, but we've, I feel like we've been in, we're always in transition of some kind, Isaac. I mean, I'm people know that you're visionary and so you have built businesses we've cultivated a vineyard we've moved our family to build another business we've um rented out our rv as a side business i've written books i mean we both we both are visionaries and so that tends to lead us into a lot of transition but we've also experienced trials yeah. And suffering as well, which is another form of transition. We've had eight kids, so we know what that transition of bringing home a new baby is like, yeah. right? Um, We've had a kid go to college. Yep. That's a new That's experience. That's a big, yep. And we're on the second year of that. And so we are kind of living right now with our youngest being one and our oldest being 19 in all of the life transitions actually all at once, which could be overwhelming, but thank goodness we have the Lord. Yeah. And so we thought that it would be a great topic to talk to you guys about right now. Yeah. Um, because, you know, right now, actually a lot of people are either starting up school again. That's right. Whether they're homeschooling or not. Summer is over. Summer is over. And so we wanted to talk about the concept of life transitions from all perspectives. Like it could be a trial. It could be a job change, a Mm -hmm. loss of a job, a loss of a child, a new baby being born. It could be bringing kids home for the first time to homeschool them. It could be 
just simply ending the summer and going into the school year. And all of the things that we're going to talk about, these four keys are going to be relevant for you guys. Oh, it's going to be super helpful, super practical. I mean, you just take one. Don't don't bedtimes get out of whack sometimes in the summers, things like that. Just that one thing, getting that back in alignment is a transition. It's a transition for your kids. Mm -hmm. But we're going to talk about many things. And we're going to bring you into a current conversations we're having uh, in our marriage and family about our transitions that hopefully will be helpful to you. Uh, so we're kicking yeah. off with Proverbs, if you could okay. open up to that, uh, sure. which is good. But as you're opening to that, transition calls for a growing capacity. Every time you're up against challenges or changes and things like that, it is a chance for God to grow you. And we often call it capacity training. Mm-hmm. And so we would have never imagined having eight kids or feeling capable yeah, of that, no, for example. <laughs> So we've been through lots of capacity training in that regard. And I'm sure you've been through lots of capacity training and all kinds of different things, whether at work or, you know, health mm-hmm. challenges. And, and a lot of things. people have asked me over the years, like, how do you spin all the plates? Like, yeah. how do you keep it all going? Like, if one starts to fall, then you tend to, like, have to go and catch that plate, right? Just to give you an analogy. And so then yeah. the others are like, what are you doing? Nobody has every plate spinning perfectly and at all times. No, and there mean not no, on their own. There not are no, on their own. There are no perfect people. That's right. And I think that it's important that we realize that we need each other because yeah. in order to be able to be spinning the plates, like God put us in the body of Christ for a reason mm-hmm. and um, we get help from people. We help people. Um, it's the same how we work in our marriage as a team. We help one another, right? When yeah. I'm about to drop a plate, you pick it That's up. That's right. Marriage you know? and so, can accomplish it really well when you raise your kids well right they can help as well with picking up like for example we're in a life transition regarding our diet right now we are and we hired our 11 year old son who loves to cook to help with our special diet because it's an extra three meals a day it's just really good food so it's nothing weird. It's yeah. just really good food in the right portions, which is a big key. It's like it's and measuring eat, them and, out. And, and eating yeah, every yeah, three yeah. hours so our every metabolism three hours. is moving. And, yeah, we're just paying attention to it. Less choice on our part mm-hmm. and more just, okay, this is what I'm eating. But that's a plate I couldn't spin because yeah. I'm already cooking three meals a day for nine people. Sure. You know what I mean? And so now he's cooking three extras and I'm anyway and he loves it and he's doing well but that's just one example like I just want to demystify that like super mom you can do it all like okay you can try to strive for that but is that really what's healthy for you like delegate something so uh proverbs 24 10 in if you faint in the day of adversity your strength is small okay This is an interesting passage of scripture. So we have talked to a lot of couples about this concept of growth capacity, Mm -hmm. right? And how when you're walking through something that's hard, it's actually preparing you so that you are ready for the next big thing, right? And if you don't embrace or engage what you're in, then you aren't going to necessarily learn or equip yourself for the bigger challenge that could be down the road, just around the corner even, not even down the road. And so that's definitely something that we've seen in our lives that we've shared with people. It's like redeeming the challenge. It is. It is redeeming the challenge. And I... 
it's interesting because I talk about this concept in redeeming childbirth regarding Mm. like (laughs) engaging birth, right? Like embrace that, engage that so that you grow and you're more prepared for motherhood. It's the same thing with like the boot camp of sleepless nights. It's getting you ready for motherhood. But, um, you know, one thing that I'll just share briefly, like we are going through transition right now because we're going back into homeschooling. Yeah. And we do do some things during the summer. And you guys might be doing homeschooling or putting your kids back into school. It's a transition either way. It is. And so there's just this like, okay, this is really exhausting. Like I'm not ready for that workout of that brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we have a lot of in high school and junior high. And so I'm doing logic and Latin and algebra and science. And we were blah, just laughing blah. today about how smart my wife is. Cause she's done oh second grade Isaac. six, seven times. <laughs> That's true. And I've done like 10th grade three times. <laughs> it's like, anyway, but, but then I said, well, you're, you're pretty smart. So I know it's redundant. Cause you kind of got it the first time. You're really sweet. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> that was part of our date night conversation, but, um, you know, my husband here, actually, he years ago came up with this term for one of the businesses that he ran, and it was simple. Choose growth. Mm. Choose growth in the moment. And this week, I was having a really hard time, mm. and I gave myself a mommy timeout. If you've been a part of our parenting program, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I gave myself a mommy timeout because I was my brain was starting to hurt after doing an hour of logic, and I went into my closet... <laughs> <laughs> and I found this New old things. bracelet. That I, if you're watching the video on CourageousParenting.com or YouTube, you can see it. But I'm wearing this old Choose Growth bracelet that you gave all of your team. Wrist like band. Wristband. Wrist band. And it, on it, you guys, it says tests, growth, favor. Mm. Choose growth. Mm-hmm. And this was actually a talk that Isaac used to give. I years ago told him he needed to write a book about it, Hmm. but we had a a coaching company that we called Choose Growth. Sure. And it was uh, on this concept of when you hit life trials or transitions, choose growth. And so I put this bracelet on and I literally, it was kind of like I snapped it, kind of like how people snap a rubber band. I was snapping myself like throughout the week. I wore it all week long. To Good remind myself to choose growth because I was in a hard stretch time of like, okay, now we have a, a church that we just planted and and now I'm starting homeschool again and I, we have this online ministry and there were just so many things that I was juggling that I was feeling stretched. Yeah. And so I had to remind myself to choose growth and this is a testing period and if I do it well, then there'll be favor at the end yeah. because I will have grown. And favor isn't always uh, financial. Favor no, no, is, no. Spiritual is growth. Spiritual and growth and closeness to God. Capacity and, growth. And um, Who you doesn't know, want relationship to be able to growth and more. all kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. So lots of stuff. So let's go. So we have four keys for you guys. But first, Psalm 122.7 says, peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. That's what we want, right? And when we don't feel that peace, we start feeling it inside anxiety can set in Mm. fear can set in fear of change fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. and if you're feeling it your kids are feeling it okay and so we want to be leaders of bringing peace into the home and so number one we need to identify the family anchors i love that family anchors it's like that's what's going to keep you steady in the storm yeah throw an anchor out of the boat that's what holds you down right reminds me of anchor family 
Oh, I love them. <laughs> yeah. A couple that went through our parenting program, we've yeah. kind of gotten to know them. They came visited us on At our vacation. Anchor family. And on you Instagram. guys have to go check them out. They really blessed our family when they were here on vacation to come see us. They also did a family photo shoot. They're really amazing photographers. But anyways, that just reminded me. Yeah, anyway. It had nothing to do with our title. But <laughs> yeah. Boom. Okay. So, but identify the family anchors. These are the things that are needed in the schedule that are consistent and bring steady uh, anchoring to uh, that peace and family mm-hmm. unity and, you know, spiritual growth and all these kinds of things. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys an assignment if you're listening right now. You may have other anchors that you can think of while we're listing off our six top ones. We could have listed more, but we try to keep it to six mm-hmm. for the podcast today. But if you think of something that's just like automatically comes to your mind, like this is a family anchor, we have to keep this going strong. Just jot it down. Yeah. So how about dinner time? I believe if we're so busy that yeah. we don't do dinner as an entire family at least four days mm-hmm. during a week, we are missing the boat. And some of you are like, wait a minute. Why Why only four times a week? Well, realize as kids get older, there's sports, there's activities, they're going different directions. True. Mom's driving this way, dad's driving this way. There's church meetings. It is harder than you might think when you actually track it yeah. to have four dinners together every week. When kids are little, it's easy. You can eat together seven nights a week. It's yeah. no big deal. But yeah. But when we get bit so busy that we can't mm-hmm. do it at least four times, ding, 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 one of our anchors is getting disrupted. That's right. Another anchor is family Bible time. Now, yeah. this is a huge thing, you guys, because I I will admit there, you know, there are times when I come to Isaac, if we haven't been doing family Bible time, I'm like, I'm affected by it. Like, because, you know, I can still be in the word and having my quiet yeah. time. But if it's a place where all of us actually come and we find unity in God's word and praying together. And yeah. if that doesn't happen in our day, our day does not go as well. It just right. doesn't. Yeah. And so for us, that is a family anchor. Yeah. Hey, by the way, get the date night one sheet. This is a free thing. Uh, you can go to CourageousParenting.com, get on the email list, a pop-up will appear, and then boom, get that. Look, open the email that comes. Mm-hmm. We send out once a week a parenting tip and some information. And look at that email. Have the download there. We mm-hmm. always put it in there too. And in addition to that, we also have this incredible free workshop. That so far, the, the page that we have it on lets you rate it. It has 90 plus five-star ratings already. And it's just a 30-minute workshop, 30 minute but workshop, you get a free download. But it's six keys yeah. to being a courageous parent. It was well thought out, and mm-hmm. it's to give you massive value. But also, if you've ever been curious about the Parenting Mentor Program that so many people are talking about, uh, you can see it at the end, too. So get yep. lots of value, and you can also get an inside look at that. So uh, feel go to CourageousParenting.com, hit podcast, hit these show notes, and you can click a link and register for that free workshop with Angie yep. and I. But anyways, we were talking about uh, family these anchors. anchors. So family Bible time is one. Another is date night. Now this is actually like you could take it to a whole, really big level and like, okay, I want to be able to have alone time with each kid. Like yeah. that's a family anchor. And that is a really good idea. But before anything else, you have got to prioritize the date night mm-hmm. with your husband or at least spending that alone time where you guys are able to connect heart to heart, talk through so things. But during transitions, this is crucial. Yeah. Like it's probably that and 
spending time in the word and in prayer is like the top most if, important things. If you're not doing those things, you are not going to thrive. If you want to get in a lot of marriage arguments, just don't do date night during transitions. There you go. There's your little warning. Okay. Yeah. So uh, church. Going church to church is regularly. Important. Consistency. That is being part of the body of Christ. And 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 that is a crucial spiritual anchor mm-hmm. that has to be mm-hmm. happening. How about health? Health is another big anchor. Like if you are experiencing um, a trial of any kind or um, you're get, going through a job change or yeah. anything like that, taking care of yourself, making sure you get the right amount of sleep, good food, you're drinking enough water. Like you you want to set yourself up physically for success yeah. when the odds might be against you. Yeah. Like in that sense, like you don't want to, you're already going to ex- be tempted to be stressful and experience anxiety sure. and worry. And But if you don't take care of your body, those things are going to become a reality in your life. So transitions are a time to reflect and audit things and go, how do I want to pay attention to my health or my family's health in a better way? Yeah. Are we eating dinner enough? And it's a time to get, especially going into the fall, the season we're in mm-hmm. right now, oh, how do, can we be more structured? You know, in the summer, sometimes there's vacations, there's different things going yeah. on. But what do we need to get more structured right now? How are bedtimes doing and all these things? Right. And what do we need to get ready for school? And, you know, yeah. what do we want? And what's the hard attitudes of our kids? And what do we need to institute to adjust that? Yeah. These are times to do it. There are. And I would say that another big anchor is having a bit of a schedule to where, like, especially if you have little kids, this is really, really important that yeah. you have, like, a specific nap time and specific bedtime and you try to stick to it now i'm also for teaching kids flexibility you don't want the kids to rule the roost but at the same time having a structure that they can count on is going to set them up for success and if you're already under stress then you need to help them to not make you more stressed out right yeah now galatians 6 verse 9 is totally encouraging and i got to share it with you guys it says and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all especially those who are the household of faith and i just i love this because it's saying not to grow weary doing good and we just went through a list of about six things that are anchor things that we want to keep doing yeah the the message here is stay faithful with and steady with those things when you're going through transition. Boy, kids thrive on consistent structure. It is so They do. Important. And it's and I'm not talking about like military structure no. in your home. We're talking about like are you eating dinner together? Are you doing family bible time? Are you nourishing your marriage because that affects how your child is going to react to things and their behavior actually if mom and dad have a good marriage yeah so there's you guys like don't get weary doing these good things because if you don't lose heart you will reap a bounty at the end of this transition it'll be called growth in whatever that is right now the second tip for you guys second key during transition is plan in the new things they might not be new things you might do them every fall or every spring whenever you're listening to this but Mm -hmm. they're new things compared to the previous season you were just in whether it's summer or whatever it is so is it sports you need to talk through that you need have a marriage conversation whose responsibility is it going to be on this day to do this Mm -hmm. this day to do that get it in the google calendar if you're still writing things over here and then the husband's writing things over here. 
recipe for disaster. Yeah, with okay? the experience you, that you have guys, to yeah. sync up your life and you got to get it dialed in and you got to communicate mm-hmm. proper expectations on who's doing what and be flexible with each other as you might change that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, everybody needs their responsibilities. If not, chaos ensues and it gets you get anxious. Okay. Um, bedtimes is a big deal. They might get, you know, people might be going to bed earlier. That's right. I mean, especially in this particular season. So let's just talk about the transition of summer ending and the, the moon is coming out a little, like a little earlier and the sun is going down a little earlier. And so it's a perfect time to start instituting that earlier bedtime again. And it's not, you know, sometimes kids, struggle with that at first, but Mm -hmm. I would just say this is a good opportunity for training in righteousness. Are they able to be obedient? Yeah. Really? And not only that, but your kids need the rest, especially if they're using their brains more because they're in school. So you, you, if you ask a kid what they want, they don't know what's best for them. That's why God gave them a mom and a dad. And so you just have to, you know, step into the mom and dad shoes and start instituting so what are you going to be involved with with your church for example you know maybe you can't choose everything because there's too many things um but you choose a couple Mm -hmm. things that Mm -hmm. are most edifying to where your family's at and being involved in the fellowship have a hospitality making a plan for which day of the week are we going to do hospitality and have a family over yeah uh we're to be given to hospitality i know you just gave an amazing talk to the women at our church (laughs) about this um but we're to be given to hospitality it's super important uh how about chores is does there need to be an adjustment there do we need to make plans and assign things so that the home is ran more effectively and everything doesn't fall on mom. Yeah. You know, and I also think about just sports there. This happens like in a family that has kids of sports age, the seasonal sports changes happen every couple months. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that is a season of transition, depending on if you have some kids not doing sports anymore and other kids are, or if they both are. And so during those times, it is time to really collaborate together as a family and to communicate and to make sure that all of the needs are being met. Yeah. So commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. So we need to commit our plans to the Lord. So we make our plans, but you know what? God really needs to be the center of that. We need to be praying about it. We need to not just make decisions about what we're going to be involved with the church. We need to let the Holy Spirit convict us. Because frankly, you might might decide not to be so involved and the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit is convicting you. Mm -hmm. No, you need to be involved. You need to go help with this. Right. Like maybe coaching a team, right? Or, you know what? Here's another one that a lot of times people don't think about, but they may have to actually choose to step away from some things that they originally signed up for. Yeah, say no. Right? And so might just be feeding your ego versus feeding your you spiritually. That could be or it could just plainly be too much yeah. on your schedule. Yeah. Too much for your family or too much for you. And so you need to be realistic about not overly committing. Yeah. Especially when you're in specific seasons like if you just had a new baby, I would encourage every mom who's just had a new baby and is you know, in those first six to eight months postpartum, do not over schedule too many things. Yeah. You know, you need to take care of you so you can take care of everyone else. And if you run yourself ragged, you're going to pay the price and you're going to be a grumpy mom. And you may end up with mastitis and you're going to run yourself ragged. How good does it feel when you get things in the calendar? Like we just recently, uh, we're going to be running a 
parenting training uh, mm-hmm. for people at church. So that got in the schedule. Yep. And then we had just yeah. figured out adjusting when the men are meeting. And then we just, uh, we have two kids playing soccer. So that's mm-hmm. a new adjustment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, I'm going to be away at work two days, uh, four days a month, uh, six days a month total if you can't travel. And six so, to seven, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's new. And I'm going to be helping a company and uh, that's going to help, you know, nurture the family in ministry financially, yeah, uh, which is pretty cool. Praise God on that. Um, so, you know, these are a lot of changes. It is. It's potentially like if other people look in in the window, I've had people go, well, I just, I mean, it makes my mind spin. But I just have to say like at in those moments, because there are moments when I start to feel that way, when I'm like, have we overcommitted? Is this too much? Mm-hmm. Is there wiggle room in case there's an emergency or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I have to remember to look at what God has given us mm-hmm. and to focus on those things, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But um, I do think that there is an element of communication being the foundation for like how we actually get things done. And that's right? number three. Effective communication. Mm-hmm. So this is crucial. And if you don't plan things, how can you communicate effectively about it? Okay. Right. So you need to kind of know the plan so you can communicate with everybody effectively. Now, if you're a married couple with one two-year-old, you're pretty much your family meeting is a date night. Okay. That's true. <laughs> so but if you have kids, you know, that are, you know, three, four, four and up then you should include them in some form of a family meeting. And the older, the even more important it is. But but kids thrive on being directly mm-hmm. communicated to. They don't thrive when parents just go spur the moment. Oh, this yeah, you're going here today. Oh, yeah, this is what's happening. Oh, yeah, that's what's happening. And yeah. it just jointed. No, way. they need to know. I think that it's a way that parents can show their kids respect. Yeah. And then it's always reciprocated as well. And then they're not like upset if they don't get to spend time with a friend or whatever, if they have a realistic expectation of the day. Yeah. Colossians 4 verses 2 through 6 speaks specifically to a few things. So mm-hmm. it says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving meanwhile praying also for us that god would open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of christ for which i am also in chains that i may come make it manifest as i ought to speak walk in wisdom towards those who are outside redeeming the time and let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Now you can't do that unless you're proactive in your communication. If you're reactive in communication, you're responding to things that might bother you. People misunderstanding, people not doing things correctly. I mean, it says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know what you ought to answer each one. How many times in transition do you have kids going, but I thought we were going to do this and blah, blah, like you have to be good at communicating. Leaders get frustrated when people following don't understand what's going on, but you have to go, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. I'm the main communicator here. I need to make sure to communicate. I communicate Mm -hmm. things. And if you've said it once, you probably need to say it again. Don't get frustrated if you have to repeat yourself. This is not a kid problem. I have led thousands of people in the work world, okay? And what I've learned is there's no difference between kids and adults Mm. in the need to repeat yourself. And good leaders repeat themselves as if it's the first time they taught somebody. 
to respect them. And it's not that they didn't hear you necessarily always or they weren't paying attention. It's mm-hmm. just that we don't catch everything when someone says right. something. Right. The first time. For sure. But it's even saying, you know, let it be let your speech always be with grace. So in when you're repeating it, not to be doing it in a condescending way, yeah. but to be doing it in a way, understanding with grace, yeah. that you're just, you get it. We're all human in this. Yeah. So we're going to go over this again. And having that grace with your kids is huge because they don't always get it all right. Like sometimes it goes in out, one out, one in one year, out the other. But another aspect to this that I love this little passage right here is that it's talking about being earnestly in prayer, which we're going to be talking about regarding being in this transition, but it's saying, meanwhile, be praying for us always with thanksgiving that we might have a door to share Christ with people. And isn't that true about life transitions Mm -hmm. that it's not our lives. Like it's easy when you're going through transition to become so overwhelmed about you and your life. But we need to remember that our lives are not about us. They're about Christ. They're about the Great Commission. And that our focus, regardless of what kind of transition we're in, always needs to be centered on how can I be glorifying God with my life, with my ministry in my home, with my kids, with what he's given me. And this is speaking directly to that because it's saying, meanwhile, praying that God would open a door for us. You don't know if the transitions that you're walking through, whether they be hard ones or good ones. That's right. They are going to put people in your path that you need to share the gospel with. Are you flexible enough with your schedule to be able to recognize that? Are you soft enough Mm -hmm. in your countenance towards God and abiding in him that you can actually like minister to people? So we're going to talk a little bit more about this. We're going to talk about a key meeting you need to have as a family in a second in point number four, which is the best point. But first, please listen to this because it is the Parenting Mentor Program. And because people are signing up for this, they're being transformed. But it's also what helps fund the ministry. So Mm -hmm. listen up. Here's about a minute of people sharing. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Awesome. Love hearing that. And so more on effective communication here, which is you have to be a clear communicator. So what we suggest, if you have multiple kids especially, is have a family meeting. Mm -hmm. And you might need several of these meetings, but you have clear communication about the expectations, the changes that are going to be happening, why they're going to be Mm -hmm. happening, who's doing what, who's Mm -hmm. driving Johnny to soccer, and how the 
changes are going to happen this fall. Mm -hmm. And you pray together and you talk about it. You answer questions, leave time for people to ask questions. Totally. It's really important. And, you know, having a family meeting, even like once a week, just to recalibrate and go, okay, how are you feeling? During transitions, How's it going? Yeah. This is how I'm feeling. And you're able to be honest and transparent with your kids, but you can also lead them in the proper way to reflect so yeah. that they actually understand like, oh, okay, mom wasn't mad at me when she had that weird look on her face today. She was just worried about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And and hey, and you're coming to your kids and you're sharing that with them. I was worried about it, but I was meditating on this scripture. Like you, you show them how you lead your heart when you're struggling. And then you can say, hey, can you guys just be praying for me for that? And in this family meeting, you can spend time in prayer, praying yeah. for each other for that. Yeah. Hey, dads, lead this meeting. But you know what? If dads aren't leading, moms, run a meeting. You know? But I think it is great when the dads are there and mm -hmm. they're leading with their wives. Their wives, of course, are mm -hmm. talking during the meeting too. But I think it's just a great opportunity to lead your family in these transitions. And, you know, it's good to pre-frame. Pre-framing is talking about potential challenges that are happening or might happen and helping people understand how to approach those challenges ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So if they're meeting new people, going to school, making right. new friends, you're pre-framing good and challenging things that might happen. That's proactive parenting. That's proactive parenting. Right. Versus reactive and all of a sudden that happens to the kids and they come back and they're distraught. And yeah. then you have to react, right? Yeah. And so it's way better to do the proactive parenting by having these family meetings. Same thing with like challenging your kids to rise up and take on new responsibilities Amen. when life transitions are hitting, yeah. right? It's like you're in the midst of it and you forget that you have these kids that God says are a blessing, yet you're not letting them contribute because you think you need to do it all, that is, that there's actually an element of pride there. Yeah. And a lot of parents actually believe a lie from the culture. Yeah. I mean, here we are fighting the culture, let kids be kids and let them just play video Ugh. games or play Legos. Horrible. Oh man. I mean, that is like a whole nother soapbox for us. But you guys have to realize that when you're in a life transition, allowing your big kids to help out with things and delegating a little bit more than you normally do can actually be something that you, they love. And maybe their attitudes got a lot out of whack, a little too much fun in the summer or whatever, a little too much freedom. I don't know. But if there's any of those in this meeting, you can address the attitudes. And when you're doing Bible time and you get that structure going, you can consistently address the attitudes. Mm -hmm. So dads, get the intel from the moms. Sometimes they're just a little more in tune with the details about what's going wrong. Right. And, you know, in this meeting, I think it's also super, super important that you go over expectations so that they know what to expect yeah. when the new baby comes home, when dad starts a new job, mm -hmm. when school starts again. Yeah. You need to, and that's why it might take more than one meeting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you may lay some expectations, a week goes by and you're like, yeah, we gotta adjust some things. We need to have another family meeting. Here's an example like of proactive parenting. Do your kids know how to respond when somebody they don't know invited them over to their house? Like, are they prepared ahead of time to know what to say when someone invites them to stay the night and they know that you guys don't do sleepovers? Do they actually know the four points as to why you don't do sleepovers? So, so it's like, yeah, it's proactive parenting is super helpful. Number four. Number four is abide in Christ. Okay. This is like the thing The if you don't do the first three, then, you know, 
you may be struggling, but abiding in Christ, it's like there is no option for the Christian. When you're walking through a life transition, I'll just say it. When your faith is tested by trial, by fire, you'd better be abiding in Christ. Because I've seen a lot of people that seem like they're strong in the Lord. And then as soon as trials hit, they fall apart. The family they walk apart. away from the Lord. We're, yeah. I mean, we even see it in today's culture. There yeah. are tons of people who have been, you know, so-called leaders or thought leaders or influencers in the sure. Christian world that are walking away. And I just, you know, and, and on that note, can I just say that as women, and I think men need to too, but speaking specifically to the women, we are weaker in our mind as far as like who we follow. And I think that we need to be very vigilant at protecting ourselves from following people who maybe they haven't been tested by the fire yet. They mm-hmm. haven't walked through a trial. You don't know if their faith is going to be there in five or 10 years, yeah. actually. And so be careful who you take wisdom or advice from regarding that. If they've walked through a trial and they've been faithful, then you go, wow, praise God. Maybe they have some wisdom that they can impart to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here's why it's so important because when you're walking through a transition or a challenge or some extremely challenging, there's either two paths, one of two paths you're on. You're either on the path of walking in the flesh or you're on the path of walking in the spirit. And if you're not abiding to Christ, you're walking in the flesh. And if you're walking in the flesh, you just think about yourself. And if you're going through challenges or transition, you start to worry, you have anxiety, you have fear, because all you're thinking about is yourself. And you're trying to do it by yourself, actually, which is why you have anxiety and fear, because you're, if someone has anxiety and fear, it's because they actually aren't relying on God and they're relying too much on themselves and they know that they're weak because they're human. And if your life is all about your personal safety and and staying within what you think you can do, you might be walking in the flesh. Right. Our lives should not be just based on what we can do. They should be based on what God can through, do through us when we're walking through the Spirit. That's right. And remembering what God calls us to. It's, it's like, you know, there's so much in Scripture that challenges us as Christians to be laying down our crosses and taking up Christ. But I want to share with you guys from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Um, this particular passage of Scripture is so so important. I hope that you guys write this down, that you go and you reread this passage of scripture. I know you've heard it before, but it applies to when you're walking through life transitions because we must, this is part of abiding in Christ, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So first we have to be praying. Praying is one huge aspect. It's one bullet point under abiding in Christ. We have like six bullet points here under abiding in Christ. I'm just going to quickly read through them and then we can talk about them. One is you just talked about not walking in the flesh, but walking in the spirit. The second is prayer. The third is reflection on all God has done and being grateful The fourth is service and being generous. Then the word of God, being in the word of God, reading it, worshiping, 
and then being a part of biblical community. And so right here, we're reading about being in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding that will then guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Yeah. Right. And then it continues in verse eight and says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So in the midst of trial, you can grasp onto those things that you can see God doing and you must. Yeah. You must meditate on those good things. I can't even tell you how many times, like when we were over a million dollars in debt after the business failure, right? Whew. Wasn't that hard? Yeah. But grasping onto the good things that God had placed in our life, like the biblical community. One of the things we did that's really powerful, when you're going through challenges, big challenges, or even moderate challenges, get write a list on a piece of paper or a whiteboard and write out all the things God is doing and share them with your kids. Help your kids. Have your kids add to it. Have a meeting and talk about mm-hmm. it. What has God just done in the last 30 days? Mm-hmm. Well, He's done a lot. And if you can't think of very many things, you're missing out on all the divine appointments, all the things God is doing, and you might be taking credit for them. And those are missed opportunities for your kids to see the credit God deserves because God wants to be glorified. And if you want him to continue to do good things, you better be glorifying him. He wants the credit. You don't deserve deserve it. it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as you're talking about that, I'm even thinking to myself about those times when... It's easy to just continue on with life. You're like, okay, good. God took care of that. But you're, you still might be in such a deep hole, right? That you might feel like there's just no way out of the hole you're in. Yeah. Right? Like the trials just keep coming. Well, that's what our bankruptcy attorney told us. And you know what? We've never declared bankruptcy and we're way out of that. That million dollars in debt is gone. Yep, it was gone within three years. Praise God. He did some miraculous things and took it away from us. I mean, we worked hard. Yeah. But that's what God calls you to, to do the next right thing, work really hard, and be faithful. And, and our, he will take care of and you. And our family was thriving at a whole new level during these challenges. And we're not, we'll do another episode sometimes on this season of our life because, mm-hmm. you know, we also had a problem with a house that somebody stopped paying rent on and destroyed. We almost and lost the house. We, we yeah. lost a baby. We, you know, it could, we could, died. we could go yeah. on and on and on. Yeah, it was yeah. a very, very challenging season, but our family was thriving. We were. And our intimacy, well, you know, I can only speak for myself, but mm-hmm. my intimacy with Christ went to a whole new level of yeah. depth. Just even it, when too. we lost, when we lost Selah, like regarding Thanksgiving and gratitude, yeah. learning that God's word actually tells us that we should be giving thanks when we're grieving. We should be worshiping while we're weeping. And we learned what real fellowship can look like That's at a right. whole new level. Proverbs seventeen seventeen says, "A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity." Mm-hmm. You know, if you are walking, if your transition has to do with adversity, like maybe you decided to pull your kids out of school, and no one else in your community is doing that, you feel like you're going against the tide. You're There's the adversity. Sheep. You're the black sheep, and. Y- y- 
be praying because God will provide you a friend born out of that adversity and it could become a very kindred friendship. We have had that happen to us. Yeah. The same thing with walking through the adversity of the business failure. We grew closer in fellowship yeah. with the people that were in our biblical community because we were willing to be transparent. Yeah. And I, I just think that there's that element of service and like that is so important within friendship too. When you're walking through a hard time or transition, to be willing to, even when you're busy, stop what you're doing and serve other people, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. And we hope and pray that joining in this conversation has encouraged you. And if it has, would you mind writing us a review, doing this tap and giving us five stars? And, you know, if you can, even sharing this episode in the podcast or mm -hmm. CourageousParenting.com and what God is doing. We'll see you next time, you guys. Keep abiding. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.